Hey everyone. Hey Dave. Morning. How, How are, are you? you? Are you feeling alright? Yeah, a little bit hungover. Yeah, we're uh, getting to that sort of middle part of Good Beer Week festivities and feeling a little bit dusty. Yes, but we uh, have a really good guest with us this morning um, who may also a little be a little bit dusty uh, from Magic Rock Stew. Hi. How's it going? Good, good. So, how's your week going so far? Yeah, it's been a good week, yeah. We, um, I've been in town mostly, well, all, all week this week doing events, um, beer dinners and uh, tasting events and um, just uh, wandering around visiting bars and having a good time. Tough job. Someone's going to do it there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. A couple of uh, collaboration brews as well while I've been over. Cool. You started off in Sydney, is that right? Yes. What did you get up to over there? Um, had a uh, visit to uh, the Nomads Brewing. Oh, yeah, uh, cool. Company. New, their, new, their new brewery is uh, almost up and running. Um, I think when, we, when I uh, booked the trip to come over here, the plan was to do a collaboration brew with them as well, but they, uh, they're about two weeks still from, uh, from opening. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay. Uh, so at some stage you'll uh, come across and do something with them? Yeah, I hope so, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think so. They, um, Nomads is a collaboration between my distributors and um, Beard Borgo. So, um, so I think um, Leo is relocating here permanently, isn't he? Is that right? Or he's, he's over every couple of weeks yeah, at the okay. moment. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a permanent thing, but he's, um, he's visiting pretty regularly at the moment to uh, get the brewery up and running. Yeah. And you brewed with uh, Hendo from Brewcoal? Yeah. What are you uh, brewing up with him? We, uh, we did an English Aussie IPA, hmm. basically. Um, English hop, Aussie hop, English malt. Yeah. yeah. Be, uh, fairly pale, fairly, uh, fairly dry and uh, quite drinkable, about 6%. Right? Hmm. A lot of hops if we know Hendo. Uh, we got some of the new um, Enigma hop for the, oh, yeah. uh, for the brew. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's pretty much like a kind of a Nelson Servan type, type quite whiny. So yeah, I think I tried Ben's uh, Pilsner with mm. that hop and it was pretty delicious. So a bit ramps up with an IPA, but good. Mm. Yeah, Magic Rock has been coming to Australia for about six months now, I think maybe a year we've seen them. Yeah, n- yeah probably nine months, I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's certainly, I think, winning fans pretty quickly. I think the goes is... Uh, salty, salty kiss. Yeah. Um, I think that's winning a lot of fans over here. That's so good. How did you guys? Um, I guess you know it's not a traditional style. Well, it is a traditional style, but not for a, a British brewery. So what's the decision yeah, making it's, behind um, that? It's a German style. It's a very old, old German style from Leipzig. Hmm. Um, traditionally, their water was very salty, so the uh, the beer was naturally salty from the water. Uh, we we have to add the salt, extra salt, to uh, to kind of create the style. Um, the idea what behind it came from uh, a collaboration brew we, we were um, looking to do with uh, Anders Kismir, uh, Danish uh, Danish um, gypsy brewer, mm. um, and yeah, we we just sort of um, settled on the idea that to try and try and sort of recreate that kind of style of beer. We did it with a little bit of a twist with um, with some fruit. The uh, Style didn't traditionally have fruit in. Um, we settled on um, uh, gooseberry and um, what was the other one? I can't remember now. I've talked about this about four times in the last two, last <laughs> four or five times at dinners in the last couple of weeks, and I've forgotten every single time. It will come. It will come. See Buckthorn. Um, yeah. And that won an award at the World Beer Cup recently. I saw. Yeah, it did. It was uh, yeah, very very pleasant surprise to uh, to get a gold medal at World Beer Cup. Yeah, for uh, Salty Kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a couple of beers in there. I think um, 
I think the IPA was up against some tough competition, um, as, as it would be at uh, World Beer Cup. Mm. And, um, but yeah, Salty Kiss uh, was, was really good. Yeah. yeah, cool. Your IPA, the, you've got a human cannibal, which is the double? Human cannibal is the double, yep. yeah. Cannonball um, single. And uh, unhuman cannonballs are triple IPA. Have we? I don't think we've seen unhuman over here. No, have we seen any of them over here? It's a, it's a very limited release. We um, we only just released it probably just over a month ago, actually. Um, we, we, we brew it once a year. We brew it um, fresh. Thank you. Sorry, we've just got a tea break here. Yeah, we're at uh, Storm in a Teacup on um, Smith Street where we had the event, and we're just getting a little bit of refreshment. A oh, nice cup of tea. Haven't had one for a, for a couple of weeks. We figured it was a good spot to uh, start the day. Yeah, to do a uh, 10 a.m. interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're actually drinking a very bizarre. What is it? What was it called? Matcha tea. Tastes a bit like mushrooms. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm a fan. No, but no, no. I don't know if I am either. But <laughs> we'll uh, persevere. Yeah. All right. Sorry. You, uh... Yeah. So the uh, the unhuman cannonball, we we, we brew it once a year. Um, as soon as we can get hold of the uh, fresh fresh hops from the uh, previous year's harvest, which which you wouldn't believe takes takes like six months nearly to uh, five five to six months to get mm. to actually get them over from uh, from being picked, dried, pelletized, and uh, processed to uh, to actually and, and then allocated out to a customer. There's, there's only one harvest um, mm. a, per year. In alternate hemispheres, um, yeah, right. Um, so yeah, it take, takes quite a while to get the hops through. So we we just brewed that beer in, uh, in March uh, for a release in April. It's getting uh, pretty good, like well received so far, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's um, there was a, there was seemed to be quite a lot of hype built up uh, around the first the, the first release of the first year. We um, we did around eight hundred bottles, um, and the first year we only got I think five kegs. Uh, out, of, out of it with 800 bottles, and um, the first 120 bottles that we put on the website went in went in about 25 minutes. <laughs> wow! <laughs> um, we we do it in a large 660 mil uh, bottle uh, with a really nice kind of screen printed label design. We do um, we do three different beers that way at the, at the moment, uh, just sort of one off releases through the year. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the labels, they're pretty unique. Uh, they they definitely stand out. Is that something that you guys? Uh, you know, it's consciously doing to, to brand yourselves um, that way. Yeah, we, we wanted to create something quite exciting and um, and something pretty memorable for the uh, for the customer to uh, to kind of you know the the, the design is quite intricate and um, you, you kind of spot different characters and different little different um, you know sort of uh, things about the label that, that you, you may not see and see another time and then we've uh, we just sort of vary um, and add little characters um, we've, we've added a few little characters as, as the uh, as the years go come hmm. by yeah hmm. they definitely stand out um, when you see the tap handles and stuff around Richard who's the uh, managing director but who's you know, the investor in magic rock really the, uh, the he's the guy behind it um, he his background is graphic design, and oh, okay. uh, he um, so he was really really sort of conscious of making sure that we did a really good job with uh, with the branding and, um, and and you know point of sale material and making sure we had a really good really strong image. Um, he he still wouldn't do the design himself. Uh, he he got one of his friends who's a really really uh, talented uh, graphic designer um, illustrator called uh, Rich uh, Richard Norgate. Um, he's he's um, he's done a few uh, 
There's been quite a few different um, design jobs, you know, he's worked, worked, worked have been around the industry in, in the right places, so we, we got him in to, uh, to do the job, yeah. That's cool, it's good to have someone on hand to have that design eye behind it and make yeah. sure everything's going in the direction that you want, so that's very cool. Um, so you've uh, been up to Australia, you've been to a number of events, um, are you getting sort of much feedback about your beers over here and how they've, I guess, how they've travelled over here as well, you know, it's a long way to come yeah, for Yeah, well, I've tasted of them, they're tasting great and the yeah. feedback's been, been amazing, mm. people have been really enjoying the beers at the events, yeah, that's a good time. And what was sort of uh, sending, sending your beers over to, to Australia, um, you know, it's a bit of a, a risk, I guess, um, for, for any brewery, what's sort of the... Um, you know, how did that come about? And, and oh, we, um, we first met uh, Johnny, our, uh, who works for Experience It. Well, it's his company, really. Yeah. Him, him and his, um, his wife, partner, um, Kerry. He, we met him in Barcelona about 18 months ago mm. um, at the Barcelona Beer Festival. And he, that's uh, probably it's longer than that, maybe. Um, yeah, he, he kind of persuaded us, you know, pestered us and persuaded us to uh, send him over some beer and we were, we were pretty reluctant to send the uh, hoppy beer mm. over, over here because we, we know, we kind of know from, uh, from a lot of the American imports how, uh, how the beer can suffer. Mm. Um, we, we, we initially, I think, just, just sent dark beer. Uh, yep. first, first couple of orders were only dark beer and then we, he kind of twisted our arm and, and got us to send some uh, hoppy stuff over and feedback was, was really good so uh, yeah we, we continued with it the uh, shipping time's around about six weeks from, from uh, our, our uh, brewery over to Melbourne I mean the yep. um, container usually comes into Melbourne so um, they're um, they're actually based in Italy, and uh, the, w- the way the shipping works is it's actually two weeks quicker to uh, to send the beer by road to Italy and go put it on a container there uh, than it is to go direct from uh, from Britain. I think yeah, uh, that, that's kind of a lot, isn't it? Like, yeah, big disparities. I think it's it's down to the canal. I think the um, uh, Suez Canal. Uh, the ships from Britain don't go don't go through the Mediterranean basically, and Suez Canal, whereas from Italy they go straight through, so it shaves a couple of weeks off. Yeah, absolutely. Is it something you'd ever thought when you became a brewer that you'd know about shipping to <laughs> Melbourne? <laughs> well, I, I only just found out that found out exactly why why they they do the you know do the shipping the way they do. Yeah, yeah. and the um, you know containers are refrigerated as well, which helps keep the beer. Pretty fresh. But that's like a strict like advantage for the experience that guys being able to utilise a distribution network in Italy yeah. to bring it straight through. Yeah, well, they I think they start off mainly in uh, mainly in shipping wine, um, and then now they're shipping beer from all over Europe hmm. down to Italy on a container and uh, over to Melbourne. Yeah. yeah, you'd think that'd probably give them uh, a leg up in adding European uh, brands to their portfolio. So yeah, good work, Johnny. Um, yeah, how did you uh, how did you become a brewer? What's your uh, background? Well, I've been brewing now for uh, just over ten years. Started in two thousand and four in uh, February two thousand and four. Um, a friend of mine um, was head brewer at uh, Kellam Island Brewery in uh, Sheffield, and um, he just asked me asked me one day if I wanted to work work with him in the brewery. He wanted to, he wanted to find someone he knew um, who he could teach teach you know to brew and work with and he just asked me if I was interested so yeah work in a brewery great. sounds great did you home brew before that no or never just, home brewed just raw that's yeah. cool 
really didn't didn't know anything at all about beer before I started working there, other than from drinking, other than you know, just drinking beer. And were you uh, like a a fan of of different beers then, or were you? A, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always uh, I was always a what we call a a, a a cask beer drinker, a, yep. a bitter drinker. Yeah, go always go for a bitter. Mm. Uh, it was before the kind of um, really big sort of revolution of uh, IPAs and uh, you know the the market back then was definitely more boring brown beer and um, it was still it was still sort of you know craft craft beer essentially um, small microbreweries but uh, it was still generally pretty boring brown beer. Mm. Um, I think England probably has a different base than Australia as well with the sort of the cask beers and, um, and camera obviously doing a lot to, to get them you know back in people's minds um, it's something that it's interesting seeing it becoming a trend um, again in Australia having you know cask today at Gabs for example they're going to have a cask bar um, with 10, 10 beers where you know two years ago that wouldn't have even been sort of considered yeah. I've never seen that many cast bars in one spot in, mm. in, in Australia. Mm. It's definitely a big thing in in the UK, and you know, there are quite quite a few bars. There's probably um, quite a few bars with more than ten taps on permanently. Um, still, yeah, still a very big thing. Um, yeah, so I, I started making basically just making cask cask beer uh, in Sheffield for uh, local, um, you know, in a little local brewery. We we distributed a you know pretty much just our own county more or less and um, a few few wholesalers uh, we made uh, we made pretty pr- pretty hoppy what I thought were pretty hoppy pale pale ales at the time but um, still kind of seemed quite bland by comparison now So UK beer is, as we sort of mentioned, you know, it used to be cask beer was was king, and now um, certainly over here we're seeing a lot of breweries coming and doing really well. Um, you know, that's probably the new wave is, is really exciting. Um, you know, are you seeing that sort of grow in the UK as well? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, since since I started brewing, there's probably probably more than doubled the um, the number of breweries that. That are in the UK. Well, I think when I started brewing, there was there was around six hundred. It's around fourteen hundred breweries in the UK now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, the the recent trend in um, going back to actually kind of like full circle and going back to kegging beer again is uh, is something that's kind of been been around for mainstream in the last kind of two years. Um, really started with um, Brewdog probably about five years ago. They, uh, before then, there were only really a couple of breweries doing the odd little bit of kegging, sometimes stouts, usually usually a stout to try and kind of uh, win it, win over the Guinness drinkers um, in, in in some pubs and bars. So. Um, yeah, still, still a growth a growth trend as well at the moment. There's there's definitely sort of a brewery a week opening still in the UK. Is it um, is it exciting to be part of that? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, we, we've uh, we've seen so many new bars open as well that are just uh, all about serving. Not you know, the the kind of cascale market was was all around just pretty much regular pubs would just have regular big mainstream brands and then the odd sort of cask pump. And now we've seen a lot more um, a lot more really kind of craft focused bars that are having um, having uh, cask beer. Good keg beer, 
good spirits and wine selections and really focusing on the on the kind of artisan mm. style and, and uh, good quality um, and same same with the food menus and uh, things like that I think that's something that, that I'm yeah. really liking um, the current trend here yeah, it's not just you know 40 taps of beer and that's that's all they do there's you know good wine good spirits to go alongside of it and I think that's um, it's probably one of the most exciting things happening mm. um now, did Magic Rock do any any cask stuff as well? Cask, yeah, yeah you do. Oh yeah, yep. yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. We started off, um, I think, during the first year, probably eighty percent, ninety percent of our production was cask beer, and then um, it was only really when we started picking up on some exports that the that the keg started to take off, and then uh, and then around that time, the kind of domestic market for keg beer started picking up as well. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, that probably in the last three years, there's been quite a few more bars open. Um, one of one of the big chains in uh, in the south in London, um, the Craft Beer Company. I think they only had um, one 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 pub called uh, Cask Pub and Kitchen when uh, when when we right when we first started, and then they just as we started, they got a new uh, a new bar that they called the Craft the Craft Beer Company, and I think now they've got six or seven bars around uh, London and South, um, all, all Craft Beer Company bars, all focusing on uh, on that sort of that sort of beer. So that kind of market's really really taken off. But we still do a lot of cask beer with them. Yeah, we're on about fifty percent now, I think, cask beer. And which do you prefer as a, a drinker and a brewer? I generally prefer keg. Yep. Yeah, um, I kind of find it a little bit more refreshing. I'm more of a small. Um, I do I do like a session beer, um, but I'm more of a more of a half pint drinking drinker. I, I tend to I can drink I can drink fairly fast sometimes. <laughs> I, I do uh, I do notice sometimes if I'm if I'm really thirsty, I want I need to get a pint of water first and uh, neck that and then get on the beer. But uh, tend, I tend to drink in halves. Tend to drink fairly slowly and drink drink the keg beer slightly stronger beer. Mm. Um, you know the average the average ABV in in, uh, in the UK is probably about four percent mm. um, for, uh, for for most sort of regular microbrewery beer. Um, it's all it's all about sessions, drinking pints and you know eight, going out and drinking eight pints. Mm. Um, whereas uh, people talk about session IP, session beer, session IPA over here, and, and you're talking about four four point six to, mm. to five and a half six percent beer. Whereas uh, for us, our session IPA is two point six percent. It's pretty much a light beer. Yeah, yeah. We sort of went through a phase where everyone new and up and coming were making seven, eight percent sort of beers, and that's what we're sort of getting used to. And just in the last sort of six to nine months, we're sort of a real focus on those session uh, lower ABV beers here. I have seen the um, occasional Englishman ranting online about how they're not real session beers <laughs> and real session beers should be sort of three percent, not four percent or four and a half percent. I tend to agree. I think if we're calling 5% beer session beers like that's you know it's still pretty high um, in the greatest scheme I think in the, I think in the general counting counting everything I think 5% is still um, is still a above average ABV for uh, beer in Britain mm. so it's not really the uh, you know session mm. no one is session strength really <laughs> yeah um what have you got on for the rest of the week? Are you sticking around the Gabs Festival? Or? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm down at Gabs uh, pouring pouring beer today. Great, Friday. Cool. Um, I'll be in there tomorrow, Saturday uh, pouring again. Cool. And You've then, got uh, a festival beer, don't you? But, that, do you have a festival beer this year? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we've done a um, a white wine barrel aged version of our Berliner Weiss uh, Circus of Sour with um, which we we stuffed a lot of plums in 
that into, into sensational. the barrel yeah. for, uh, for a couple of months. And that's a three, nice real 3.5% um, kind of refreshing uh, fruity beer. That sounds like the kind of beer I want to dive into and get a big glass of this morning mm. um, yeah it sounds like a good plan because <laughs> there's a lot of high AVB um, beers in this particular year's list so that yeah. could be going to cut through that yeah yeah it's a great it's a great beer to have mid-session it's kind of ref- refreshes the palate as well quite a bit it's it's something sort of totally different to the big hot monster IPAs that are going to be around yeah and the big imperial stouts and things like that it's a pretty refreshing beer to, to turn to you know, halfway through the session yeah absolutely um, I mean there's been a couple of beers come out of there that were um, gone on to be sort of permanent, you know, permanent sort of seasonal releases. Yep. Yeah, um, watermelon warhead is probably the the big one, which is a two point nine percent. Now water- it's two point nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if if yours gets good feedback, would you know you're likely to do it again for other festivals or maybe maybe yeah I mean we did this as a pretty special kind of uh, one off thing with the barrel aging but it, the, essentially the base beers are regular um, regular Berliner Weiss that we make yep. we make uh, as, as often as we can uh, yep. usually usually about we probably manage about six times a year I think um, and we've done a few different barrel aged versions uh, so far we'll, we'll continue to do so and hmm. continue to make the main base beer yeah cool So we're talking about your blend of ice, um, and we were talking about the the goes um, and sour beers are, are probably the what everyone's we've been saying for years are the next big trend, and we're finally sort of seeing them yeah. pop up more and more now. How do you see them fitting into the sort of wider wider beer space? Yeah, I think um, one of the things we've noticed um, at beer festivals is that um, we can pick up quite a few actually regular people who drink mainstream cider um, actually tend to uh, tend to appreciate more the uh, the kind of refreshing qualities of the, of the, the sour beers and we, we were definitely getting um, there was a particular beer festival in uh, Leeds last year where uh, there were a lot of customers there who were just at a beer festival with just because it looked like a nice place to go, there's music on a big crowd of people, lots of different you know, drinking you know, a, lot, a lot of drinking involved, and but actually they've got no idea what what was on offer. They were coming up to the stand asking for what you know. We, we got a, we had a couple of beers, so like the goes is obviously labelled with you know it's being contained a bit of fruit in there, and the um, we probably did did some kind of fruit version of um, of the sort of sour as well, and uh, so so they tend, tend to be mainly the female drinkers are picking up on there being a bit of fruit in the beer, giving them a sample, and they like it, you know kind of nice and refreshing try to sample they try a sample of the hoppy stuff and oh no it's too bitter it's too uh, you know it's, it's, you know, it's too, too strongly flavoured but, but they tend to like the slight acidity and uh, refreshing to the the uh, sour beer so almost as good a gateway beer as a as a, as a pale ale really something I've mentioned um, in the past I had a friend that you know she tried all the gateway beers that you, you try um, and he never really had that moment of um, epiphany beer and then I gave him a Cantillon and he that was the beer that changed his, his drinking career um, and he just yeah 
never looked back after that and I think it's definitely the kind of the type of beer that took, took me a few years to get into mm. yeah it's kind of one where you, if you drink it the first time you might not even really enjoy it that much but it's just so intriguing and takes a while to even work out so it's sort of what yeah. drives you back a little bit to it so um, that's the experience I had anyway yeah mm. yeah that's a that's a very different kind of style of sour beer to um to, to the kind of thing we're doing, we're, we're doing a very sort of um, uh, fairly quickly, quickly brewed. Uh, you know, it's um, it's only a couple of weeks. Takes only a couple of weeks to make uh, to make the kind of sour beers that we're making. The kettle sours, they're not like um, the old Belgian Cantillon and things like that. They're um, you know sometimes three years old before they're blended back with uh, new and old beers. It's, it's definitely a fine art. Um, Any thoughts to sort of putting things a few beers away and then you know barrel aging them or anything like that yeah we we uh, we have as kind of a small barrel aging program running at the moment um we do our imperial stout bearded lady in uh, regularly in bourbon barrels we've we've um, tried it in uh, pedro Menez, uh sherry barrel as well that one's that one's uh, come out actually come out very dry, completely different flavour to the, uh, you know, you can really tell there's a massive difference in the beer between that, that one and the, um, the bourbon barrel aged one, which has got all the vanilla and the sweetness. And That's interesting. That's, yeah. Those um, sherry barrels are not that easy to come by, are they? No, it actually, it actually worked out. It was only, only from Spain, but um, it was pretty close for us, but it, it worked out. It had been something like two weeks to um, two weeks, several different um, lorries and uh, uh, various depots to get to get it to get it over to the UK and uh, yeah, they were quite they actually proved quite difficult to get hold of. Mm. So, looking forward to the future for Magic Rock. What's uh, what's in store? Oh, we've we've been um, planning it for well, just just probably a year now. Um, uh, moving the brewery, we 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 maxed out our capacity just about a year ago, really, and oh, we're very close to uh, getting up to full capacity. We we just have no space to work. We're uh, falling over each other in the brewery. Um, th- there are six six of us working in the brewery, uh, including the driver. Uh, make, usually, usually three of us at a time. Generally, doing jobs in in the brewery itself, brewing, uh, washing washing casks, filling kegs, filling casks, and cleaning tanks and things. And yeah, we co- we're constantly tripping over each other. So we, we needed to plan uh, a move. And uh, you know, our barrel uh, barrel stores not big enough. Our general storage areas aren't big enough. Cold storage and uh, things like that. Um, so uh, we, we're very close now to possibly even we'll have the lease signed by the time I get back. Um, we've got new tanks on order. Uh, we're moving to a much bigger um, uh, industrial unit um, near the centre of Huddersfield. And uh, we're planning on opening a tap room up there. A lot of our influence in the brewery came from, uh, came from really kind of Californian um, IPAs, the particularly from San Diego, the really pale, pale hoppy IPAs, West Coast style beers. Um, and we we visited over there a couple of times, and so one of the influences we took was was the tap room setup. Um, the, we had a we had a great time, you know, driving around visiting tap rooms and uh, just getting little samplers and uh, taking the odd growler fill. And um, so we, we wanted to kind of bring that bring that to UK. It was one of the things we wanted to bring to the UK when we first uh, started the brewery and started making the beers was to bring the fresh hoppy IPAs and make them fresh in in the UK because I think. Um, a lot of people don't really. A lot of people in the UK didn't really know what a fresh IPA should taste like. They think it should this this kind of 
sweet, sticky, caramel kind of uh, bit of bit of honeyed kind of hops, and um, and and it's not not the way it should be. It should be you know there should be a right in your face, really really smelling like a bag of hops kind of uh, kind of beers, um, and then so the, the tap room influence as well. We're um, we're going to do a fairly large. Um, tap room. We're going to we're going to be able to hopefully put events on and do um, do kind of uh, a beer festival hopefully once a year. But but open the tap room up regularly. Get food trucks outside and uh, put some bands on at the weekends and uh, barbecues maybe on a Sunday something like that. You know, sounds fantastic. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of uh, tap rooms. I think it's as a customer, it's the best way to enjoy a beer is yeah. sitting amongst the tanks. You know, and you end up. You end up with more of an affinity with the brand because you've you've been there, you've you've seen the brewers, you've chatted with the brewers, and you drank their beer in their space um, at their peak. Yeah, and it's less of a commitment to try different stuff if you're going to have a sample of it or this mm. and that. You can work out what you like. And yeah, exactly. We'll um, we'll be able to do samples and then do growler fills, so people will be able to come down, have a couple of halves, and um, get a get a growler fill or some takeout bottles. We'll have. Um, you know, a nice little merchandise selection of T-shirts and things like that, uh, mm. hopefully available and um, and make it a bit of a visitor's attraction. Uh, it's going to be about five or ten minutes walk from the main train station in Huddersfield, so hopefully we'll get uh, quite a few visitors. The, where Huddersfield's situated is, you know, it's really good transport links to um, Manchester and Leeds and York and uh, and even really London's only only a, it's about two and a half hours on on the train from from Huddersfield. So hopefully we should get. Uh, quite a few people coming to visit hopefully I can visit one day I haven't been to the UK I've never been to the UK so and seeing all the amazing beers coming out it's um, really makes me want to go yeah definitely yeah especially with like the relative proximity around the place uh, yeah on holiday you can see a lot of stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Um, well uh, Dave do you have any more questions no, I think you might wrap it up cool do you have any, anything you wanted to add about beer or brewing or drink beer Drink beer. All Great. Right. Good advice. If we get this out before the end of Gabs, stop off at the experience at Stand and yeah. have a chat. Are you pouring any of your beers at the Stand? Yeah, I'll be pouring tonight and um, Saturday afternoon. Beautiful. Okay, cool. Maybe I'll try to get this uploaded and people can have a listen and then go try a beer. And if I don't, I'll Forget be at Gabs yeah. and I apologise for my tardiness. Don't apologise. <laughs> it's our week too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot, Steve. Right, thanks a lot. Cheers. Thanks.